Hello, hello. We are here for another episode of Down and Dirty with Denise. And I have another amazing lady as my guest because you know what? I'll have some men on here, but I'm all about the ladies. Women empowering women. Get these funny women on here. Would you please introduce yourself? What's up, Denny? This is Cher Landman. I'm happy to be joining. Um, and let's dish, girl. Let's get down and dirty. Exactly. So let's get right to it. Here's my first question. What is your current relationship status? Oh, God. (laughs) Okay, so the other night I was in a comedy club and I walked by these two comedians and they were talking and they're these guys and they're like, hey, Cher, he said you're dating a comedian. Who is it? And I got so mad because like, I didn't want to spill the tea or kind of put it out there. Not that it matters because I feel like we're both like on the same level. You know, it's not like advancing my career or anything. It's not something like that's not, it's not a a misweighted relationship. But anyway, it was just like, oh God, I don't, first of all, why are you talking about my business is what I said to these guys. I told my mother and I'm so mad because my mother is hilarious. She's like, you should have told him Bill Cosby. <laughs> <laughs> but somehow you still so, Yeah. So I, um, I am dating someone that okay. I've been seeing since January. Oh, that's significant. We're in August. That's, mm-hmm. that's a healthy, so I would assume you have a boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Okay. So, and you don't have to reveal names. Totally. Keep it, keep it classy, keep it private, but like he's a comedian. So how, how does that work? Do, I, I want to know, like, did you meet in person? And also how does that work in terms of like dating another comedian? Cause I actually was briefly seeing a comedian yeah so um so here's the thing like okay so you know that we're women and that uh they always tell you like oh don't sleep with the comics like don't do that I guess they're right because it's like you really shouldn't sleep with the comics you should sleep with the bookers (laughs) because the comics are not going to do anything for you but I I feel like that's where I spend all of my time. And it's probably not like the wisest decision, but like, where am I supposed to meet someone? An AA meeting, like comedy, like a comedy club. It's the same thing, but my job, I'm not going to meet anyone at my day job because I work in fashion. Mm. Yeah. So there's not a lot of options. I wish like I worked in finance or something or something where there's a lot of men, Or, you know, I took up CrossFit to kind of meet guys, but they were all gay, obviously, (laughs) Okay. which I wasn't even thinking about that as, as being a possibility, you know, that there would be a lot of gay guys, but, um, he's actually someone I've known through friends and just kind of knew, knew him as friends. And I think like the circle kind of 
got smaller during COVID because oh, yeah. a lot of people moved away. A lot of people stopped doing it. And, you know, it was just, it was someone I probably had like all these rules against dating. Like, oh, you're a comic. Oh, you're not Jewish. Oh, you know, like all these, this is the reasons why I'm not going to get involved. But it, I knew that he was a good guy. And I think we just kept kind of like seeing each other around okay. and I could sort of tell that he liked me because of the way he was responding to me when I was around. Like right. he's like, uh, um, well, I was like, oh, he's really nervous. <laughs> okay. So, so here's a question though. Did, is he like, what's his day job? Like, and, and his, is he around the same age as you? In terms he's of around- like, the future, I guess. Oh yeah. He's around. Yeah. He's around the same age as me. And, uh, his day job is he works for a museum. So that's his, that's what he, his day job is. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like, I think it's really great if you're both in the same field, like you're both, you're both like hustling, working at night, like doing shows, bopping around the city, like, you could meet up and whatever. I think my issue in the very brief um, seeing another comedian was like, he was much younger and like, I'm a lawyer by day. Like that's my day job. So it's like very different yeah. and I'm like 38. So it, it's a little bit different. Like with what I'm looking for, like maybe I can't be with another comedian, you know? That's the thing is like, it's very hard. I think because a lot, of them are not mature and I'm kind of crazy because I am around your, I'm, I'm going to be turning 38 in December. So I'm right there with you. And I also have a career on top of doing comedy at night and like a very, you know, um, kind of established career. So that's, that's different. You know, I, I don't know. It is intimidating, you know, and I think there's a lot, there's a lot of, I think when you date someone that is a comedian is, is hard because they want to be focused on their art. Yeah. So there's not a lot of time for, just normal stuff but in a way like sometimes I get frustrated by that but I think in a way it's kind of a relief for me because we both are doing the same thing right so he's not resentful he does sometimes he will get resentful of me sometimes I'll get resentful of him but like not we understand it's not like when I was dating someone who wasn't a comedian and, you know, I was going out every night and he was, am working during the day. And so I would see him like once during the week and on the weekends. It's and really he hard. was, yeah. Like I'm exhausted and 
like now that, I mean, now we have a Delta variant, whatever, but like, I would like to think that like COVID is waning and like, we're getting back to like normal life and, and like, you know, the comedy clubs are open, everybody's doing shows. I, I mean, and I struggle with this just like, not even with dating, just in general, like I'm exhausted after work. I'm right. not the person I, I can't run to like mics and shows every day after work. I just can't. So my comedy trajectory is going to be different than somebody else's. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we both try to fit that in. So like I said, it's, it's, it's good that he's like, not, you know, mad that I'm doing that. Right. Mm-hmm. Or that he, under- he understands that it's weird to kind of like, think about, okay, like, where am I going? What am I doing? Yes, I want to have a family, but I don't even know how to like meld it all together, mm-hmm. you know? And I think, I think also is like, he's kind of in a different place where he's kind of thinking about what he wants for his future or how he's gonna evolve his life. And, and, you know, that. And I don't know if you're like this, but you're also Jewish. I'm Jewish. Mm-hmm. It's like, I feel like I've always been like, I want to get married. I want to have kids. And like, I freak guys out by just talking about that way too much. <laughs> so I don't like, I was not the person to like talk about all the time, but obviously it's there. Now I'm much more comfortable talking about it. Cause it's like, I'm 38. Like, I need to put my cards on the table. I'm not trying to freak anybody out, but like, if I want to have children and, and the guy doesn't, then like, we should just not even date. Like, I at least need to know that like, um, he wants to have children one day. And like, I just, and the one thing is like to be 38, I don't have all the time in the world if I want to have them biologically, you know? So like, so with, did you freeze your eyes? I didn't. I was about to, and then COVID hit. Did you? No, I keep thinking about it. Like, oh, should I? I I hate the idea of it. I just hate the idea. I feel like it's like forcing things because I don't want to, I don't want to force something. You know, that's, I don't, I don't want to, I feel like, okay, if it's difficult, like, I don't want to, force something that's not meant to be or force something that's not God's will. You know, I've always Mm -hmm. wanted that, but I also don't want to be a single mother Mm -hmm. in New York city. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I was raised by a single mother. Not that there's there's nothing wrong wrong with that. No, I mean, my parents were married for a while. So like if my mom had no idea that she was going to be a single mother. So it's like growing up with that, especially because let's be honest, like single moms are kind of rare in the Jewish community. So I felt like very much not like the rest of Jews, especially on Long Island. And like, like when I was little and my parents were still married, nobody would have thought like things would have ended or turned out the way that they did. And I know how hard it is. Like, I don't want to choose that willingly, but also like the financial part, like don't even, I mean, I could go on a rant forever about how the fact that freezing your eggs is not covered by health insurance in this country. And 
like the statistics of those eggs being viable and good are very, very, very slim. That's the question that I had. Like, what if you freeze these eggs and then you're like, okay, um, I might want to do it. I'm 42 now. What's what are the odds that that's going to work? Very, uh, like, so I, I don't know the odds of that working. I know they're, they're, they're small, like, like they can, they can, uh, uh, what's the right way to put it? The thawing process could like destroy viable eggs. So like, I know that's why they take a lot. Right. But then like, you could have like two left and then you're just like fucked. And then also I know that statistically, only 10% of people that freeze their eggs actually use them. So I don't know if that's because the thawing process didn't work or because they then got pregnant naturally or or didn't get pregnant ever. Like I have no idea. But but it's the statistics are not are not good enough to sort of warrant that kind of money. So I was like, fuck it. COVID hit. I can't freeze my eggs. Like I had the medication, like I had the needles and the hormones to start injecting myself and then COVID hit and it wasn't going to happen. And I was like, you know what? I don't need to spend all this kind of money. And like, and if I'm going to need to do it down the line with like real IVF with a, with a partner. Yeah. Yeah. But did you end up having to pay for all those hormones? I paid for the drugs. Yeah. But, but the drugs, what's interesting, this is just so fucked up. The medication was covered by health insurance. The process is not. So the drugs were not oh. that bad. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. But, but well, the- that's good at least. I sort of, I sort of feel the same way that you do. I really do. And I feel mm-hmm. like people are like, oh, you're going to regret this. And I'm like, I just... I just feel like I've been like dating. I've been out there for a while. Like granted, I have not always made the best choices. Um, Same here. But I, I, it's just, I, I just don't know about that whole thing. I just, something inside of me says no. Yeah. I mean, and, and what's, uh, what's interesting is I can be so for something and then do a total 180. Like I have a friend that, that makes fun of me all the time for this. So I was like, so like I'm freezing my eggs and freezing my eggs and freezing my eggs. And then like a few months into COVID, I was like, fuck this, never going to do it. I just like changed my mind and it felt fine because like also the, the hormones like expire in a year. So I even moved to my new apartment with, with the drugs. Cause I was like, okay, it didn't expire yet. Like, let me, let me see. And they're now expired. I just never, it, it just like never entered my mind again to try it. I don't know. Yeah. I think, I think it's really hard for women I mean, especially in a city like New York, especially women like me and you that have like a, a career and then are, and then are comedians, like it's nonstop. And then like, you feel bad about like, well, like, am I dating the right person? Am I doing the right thing? Like I'm thinking in my mind, I literally, I literally started a new job June 2nd, launched this podcast in June. I'm trying to get back into like, in-person comedy shows, I'm dating, I'm trying to lose a few pandemic pounds. Like, I mean, how much can we do? And like other people are just like 
sitting on their asses. Props to them, I guess. Right, right, right. And like, that's probably, okay, they go home and, and they, you know, have, they have a partner or they want to have a baby, then they go home and they're just with the baby. And Mm -hmm. that's that. Um, I do want to do it. I don't want to worry about it. Mm -hmm. If, if someone told you right now, I'm going to give you a crazy hypothetical, right? Like you could have a baby, but like, that's it. Like you're, you can't run around. You can't do comedy. That's it. Like, are you going to have this baby? Like would that, like, I don't even know what I would say to that. That's a hard thing to think about because I don't feel like I have that in front of me yet Mm -hmm. you know because like the guy that I'm with he's definitely not ready for that right now you know Mm -hmm. so and I don't know that we're ready for that either but it's it's hard to say because I think it would be really difficult if there was more momentum Mm-hmm. you know with comedy yeah. like it might be harder if you were touring or if you were at the comedy cellar or you know if you were in more nightclubs every night that might right. be harder to make that decision right well you know who I think about and I'm actually seeing her tomorrow night at the Beacon Theater Ali Wong. Allie Me too. Wong. I'm seeing her. I'm oh! seeing her. I got tickets for Sunday. Oh, you got it for Sunday. Okay. So I'm going with a couple girlfriends tomorrow night. But like Ali Wong, I mean, she was already a writer. I think she was writing on, on Fresh Off the Boat and some other things. So she she already had a career in entertainment specifically on some level, but she literally blew up and exploded after her first special came out where she was pregnant. I mean, she was pregnant in both of them, but like she wasn't a household name and she wasn't touring around the country until she, until after she had her first kid. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of amazing. I mean, that is possible. I, I think she's brilliant. She's really great. When I, when I think of what level of standup I want to, beyond mm-hmm. I'd say that you know that's right. that's a point to kind of look to yeah yeah she's she's unbelievable like um she makes me want to do like more storytelling I'm like when I saw you at that open mic at West Side Comedy Club, I had literally just started the new job, was trying some new material and was like, didn't even look at anything. That's why like, I was just like fucking around on stage, which you can't do like with other comics in the audience. I like to fuck around. Well, it was, you know that the, you know that that was an audition though, right? I didn't realize that it was an audition. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't realize the level that it was. So I- sort of bombed which is totally okay I mean it is I don't feel that you bombed oh thanks I wasn't great there were a lot of people there though that barely could speak and I was like why are they right like they they definitely have like problems 
you know, it's like, why were you, know, maybe it was just a courtesy thing. I don't, I don't know why they were there anyway. I, yeah, it, it wasn't did you, clear. Yeah. Did you get feedback? Yes. Uh, she's told me that I was not polished and I said, and she was like, you're just telling stories. I was like, great. I wasn't polished. I was just like talking also part of what I've tried to do. So I've been doing stand up for only three years. I did a lot of improv before that. And so what I've tried to do more recently, and it doesn't work with that audience, right? Cause it's all comics, but like, I actually don't want to be super polished all the time. Like I want to do more crowd work and I want to fuck around on stage and like mess with people. And some of like my best bits have come from that. And it's also something that I really worked on because in the beginning, I would like be so scared and nervous to deviate from my set and do any crowd work. So now I'm like in a yeah. crowd work phase, right? Which didn't work for that. And I also like, literally was three weeks into a new job, hadn't looked at any of my new material and like, whatever. So that's fine. And I told her fair enough. Like I could always take criticism. Like that wasn't, that wasn't my best, you know, it's fine. Um, but even like thinking about that, I'm like, I'm running from a new job. Like it, it just is so crazy. Like what we're doing to sort of put ourselves out there. And then on top of it, we're like, okay, we're of a certain age. We have to date. We have to do this. Like, it's just a lot. It's a lot. And it's like hard to imagine like what my life would be like if it was like calmer, I guess. I mean, there was the time before you started doing comedy. Right. And I do you remember what you used to do then? I mean, it would be like, you go out to eat or <laughs> right I mean before so like improv is not the same as stand-up but I would do improv a lot during the week um because I was like also involved with UCB and like uh so that's a lot of stuff during the week too but like um yeah it, it but that was those were my 20s right so in your 20s don't you think like in your twenties, you're never tired. I, I mean, I've always been tired, but like, I never was like this tired. So I could just, you know like, what I the thing it. was, I, I feel like I was tired, but I was also more excited. And now I realize like, there's just, I don't need to be there. Oh my God. It's okay exactly. if I miss that. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to miss anything, right? But mm -hmm. I don't need to go to everything. I I just, I'm not a loser for staying in. Mm -mm. I actually pay a lot of money in rent. <laughs> my apartment's yeah. nice, you know? And yeah, I guess, I don't know. I guess I am tired, but I don't think that it was like that I wasn't tired when I was 20 I think I was just like more excited and more yeah just didn't want to have FOMO yeah I don't have FOMO ever anymore it doesn't like exist in my world and maybe I did back then but like I never have FOMO now I'm good I don't care yeah yeah I'm just I mean I do I do have FOMO for like good stuff but most of, this, most of the stuff that I'm like canceling on is not good. <laughs> right. And I also sorry, like sorry, sorry. I did. I have to tell them I did like blow off the 
first taping of the podcast. I messed up. I, oh, guys, no, I actually no, messed no. up. That's okay. That's okay. You're not the first and you won't be the last. I had um, my, my, my Friday afternoon taping. Um, we had a switch to Saturday, so that's fine. Um, but like, yeah, it's just like, I like, I like my apartment too. I like being home. I like getting a lot of sleep. <laughs> like, you know, it's just a very, very different world. Um, so the only FOMO I think I ever have now is more like comedy FOMO. Like, I feel like I should be doing more. Like, I don't go to enough mics and, and shows. Like, I don't do enough. Right. I feel like that's a different game. That's like compare and despair. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But like, I guess, you know, there's that FOMO of there's the thing. Oh, why did they get that? And mm -hmm. I didn't get it. How? Oh, I'm sorry. That's why okay. did they? <laughs> why did they? How come they're booked on that? How come they got that shit? And it's just like, you're going to, you'll get it when it's your time. Yeah. Yeah. And then I also will be like, okay, I don't, I don't do, I, I haven't been to that venue or, or those guys don't know me. So that's okay. So when did, when did you start doing stand up? I started, I'm in my fourth year. Oh, wow. Okay. So yeah, I'm in my fourth year. Um, in January of two thousand of twenty two, it's going to be five. Okay, so you're so. you're four and a half, um, four and a half years in, and like, what's the deal with like? I guess I want to even know for myself, like, what was your, um, what was your like start? Like, what did you first start doing? So I had a friend that just was like pushing me, pushing me, pushing me to do stand up because she was like, you're really funny. Um, we did like some sort of sketch for like a weekend getaway. And then everyone was kind of like, wow, that was amazing. You were so funny. Uh, do you do comedy? Do you do improv? Do you do acting? And I was like, no. And then she kept pushing me to do stand up and I was like listen I really don't want to do that because it's going to be really hard and it's going to be re a lot of work mm -hmm. and it's it's not going to just be like oh cuz we had friend we had a friend that is a professional comedian okay and that hosted the cellar I was like I can't just like be like he is you know, she, she was like, oh, but you're so funny. You got to do it. So for years, at least four years, she was on me to do this. Mm -hmm. And finally, one time she was like, why don't she was like, you take all kinds of classes. You do Kabbalah, you um, do like all these hot yoga, you do all these other things. Like, why don't you try the stand up comedy? And she was like, you might need a man in the class. And so <laughs> I ended up, I ended up taking the comedy class and At the seller. No, it was, um, Andy Ingalls. Okay. Gotham. Yeah. Gotham. Or Manhattan call Manhattan comedy school. And it's, 
affiliated with Gotham Comedy Club. And if any of your listeners end up taking that class, please use my name. <laughs> I took I took um, Rick Crumb's class at the cellar. That was okay. Stand up thing. Mm-hmm. So Karen Burgreen was my teacher. I t- actually took several classes there. Okay. I had Ross Bennett, which was like an advanced writing. I had Karen Burgreen, which was like the first one, the first intro to stand up. Okay. Um, and so, I mean, pretty much like from the gate, I knew that there was something there. Yeah. And that's then, how I mm-hmm. And then I invited like everyone I knew to the show and then um, every joke landed and I did so well. And I just felt everyone was like, wow, you're a natural and you're great. And Mm -hmm. Seinfeld came on after me. And, and I was like, wow, this is um, incredible. And I have to keep doing it. And I thought, oh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, what do I do now? Do I get an agent? (laughs) How do I get an agent? And it's like, it was so funny. Like what little that I didn't know, right. How little Mm -hmm. I knew. And Karen was like, well, you're still really green. So Mm -hmm. now you get to do open mics and bar shows. Yep. And so that's, you know, that's pretty much what I've been doing. Um, you know, I just got passed at a small club oh. to do, to do check spots, which was like a really, that was a big thing to be able to have that. Because, that's amazing. Yeah. Because I was like, what, where am I going with this? What am I doing? What's the, you know, what's, what's happening here? Yeah, I saw people like resuming all of a sudden, like people are like resuming their, like you said, like, oh, the FOMO, but resuming their stand shows or like getting back at these other clubs. And I'm like, what's going on with me? And then I was barking a little bit at the pair and like barking is when you just stand out on the street and you yell at people comedy show and you sell tickets in exchange for stage time. And I just, after like when coronavirus started hitting, I was like, I don't want to do this. And then after it was over, I was like, I can't go back to barking ever again. I was just, it was just like, I'm too old, you know? This is a good thing for someone that's in their twenties, that's just getting into it, that it's inappropriate. (laughs) No, I know. I'm like, I'm not barking. Like when I'm not doing it, it's like, I mean, I should, what I would do is like help set up like at West side comedy club. I've, I helped at one, at one show. Like I would like help run a show or set it up, whatever. That's different than like me standing on the street and barking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, And I kind of would do that. I think producing is a good way to go. Yeah. 
I've started producing my own shows. I did one. Now I'm hopefully going to do another one in September. Have you done any? Produce your yeah. Own? So I'm, I have kind of like a really very casual, very loose, like bar show that I co-produce with two other producers mm. in the West Village. Okay. And it's just kind of like, it's like a fun shit show. We always have like some of our friends that show up and we just try to, the thing I like about it is we just try to give people opportunities and that's it. It's just kind of more of like an active service that we're all kind of like doing together. So that's cool. Nice. And um, I guess I've got like a few things going because then I have like a monthly show that I'm trying to get up in Queens. Um, and then I have a one-off show that I'm producing in September at Broadway Comedy Club. Oh, nice. Okay. And you're just curating the lineup yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. I think it's really important to do that. I'm, I, I, I did a May 2nd show at this bar called Home Base in Murray Hill because I'm friends with like a part owner there. And then now we're going to try to do it again in September. We tried for a July show, but on a Sunday in July, like it was not like people. Everyone's in Montauk. Mm -hmm. Big mistake. Yeah. So, or Fire Island where I go sometimes. So like that was that it was not going to happen. Um, But yeah, producing your own show, putting yourself up there like um and and that's why like also this podcast like I feel like here's what I think also because like you'll you'll you understand this because we're like of a similar age right like it's like we have to be more efficient I feel like with what we do like I'm not gonna just like mics embarking and whatever shows for 10 years and hope for the best which like you have to pay your dues but I want to be like smart about how I'm paying my dues Yeah, I think that that's something I really feel is important because it's like, well, what is the goal? You know, okay, Mm -hmm. you're going to go to these mics, you're going to go to these spots. Like, what what kind of outcome are you wanting or expecting from doing that? Or, and even I think like, I think the big takeaway from the pandemic has just been people that create their own opportunities. And now is the time that you really actually can create your own opportunities through TikTok, through mm-hmm. um, podcasting, through YouTube. You don't have to wait for someone someone else. Totally. Like that's people- what I, yeah. People are developing like web series and selling it to networks. Oh yeah. I mean, first of all, Broad City was a web series first. Insecure, Issa Rae had a web series called Awkward Black Girl and then it was picked up and became Insecure on HBO. Like, and and that's pre-COVID, you know? But so like, that's what it is. It's like all about creating the opportunities for yourself. Like, like you're right. Like, open mics and everything were great, but I want to be strategic. And like, I'm not going to just go to like, yes, if I want to try out new stuff, but like, I don't want to just be someone who like just 
tries to go to a million open mics and it doesn't do anything for me. Like for instance, like starting, um, starting on August 28th, I'm going to be hosting my own Saturday night mic at the tiny cupboard. And that's because like, I want to be at the tiny cupboard. Like I want to be in Brooklyn. I want to infiltrate, you know, that whole hipster comedy scene. So like, that's the point of that. It's for me to like get into the tiny cupboard and like talk to people and network and yeah. And just be around and put your mm -hmm. face out there. Yep. Yeah. So like, that's a thing. It's like, I, I'm trying to be smart about what I do and about the opportunity since I just really don't have the time. It's like, right. Sad, sad or, or fine. It's fine. It just is what it is. I mean, it's, I think it's great. I think like, again, I think you just have to like produce your own content mm -hmm. or like make your own, make your own opportunities kind of a thing. I feel yeah. like, I feel like that's going to be the way to it, you know? Okay. So like we did, you know, we did the mics or we did the barking. So now I can handle myself on stage, but what else do I want to do? You right. know, totally, totally. And also you don't have, again, you don't have all the time in the world because you have a day job. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I mean, it like, is what it is. And it's also like, I'm sure you feel this way. Like, it's not just like any day job. It's like a demanding career. It's not like I'm just, you know, doing whatever, not caring about it. Like I went to school for a long time and like, I, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's very demanding. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. No, it's hard. So like, but back to dating, like you're saying, like you were saying, like, how are you going to meet people? Did you ever use the apps? Of course, but I feel like they're awful. Yeah, they are awful, but like, I mean, it is what it is. I feel like you have to, like, if you're single, like everybody's on the apps and, and some of them are better. Like for whatever reason, I've always liked Bumble. Mm -hmm. There's like a better quality or something. I don't know what it is. It's just, so different. that's good. Are you, so you're doing the apps right now? Yeah, I'm doing the apps. I mean, it's always nice when I meet somebody in person, like last summer I was with someone that I like, I didn't know him that well from, from an old job. Like I, I knew him, I used to work with him, but like we reconnected through a mutual friend. And then, and then like recently I was sort of, I went on a bunch of dates with, with another comedian. I had met him at a show. So, so like, that's fine. But like, no, no, no. It's like the apps are like sort of what you need to do. I mean, in person's great. If that happened organically, it'd be wonderful, but you know, yeah, I know. yourself out there. Like I, like I have friends that like don't date at all. So like, that's not going to help me. <laughs> that's, that's not, that's not an option. That's not good. No, it's not an option. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that that's, I know it's really hard. You know, I know it's really hard to get on these. But the problem with apps is like, I don't know. It's just nobody knows anyone. So the behavior is so crazy. 
Well, because it, it's like the, it's no stakes. Like nobody cares how they treat anybody. Yeah. It yeah. it's like what I don't understand. Like like I know they expect that you're gonna sleep with them. Mm-hmm. Like right from the jump. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they also like what I don't understand is like also when you decide like you no longer want to chat with them like let's just say like you have you're not even going to meet this person but like you don't want to chat like I don't understand why why they'll be like where'd you go like or or say weird things it's like yo you're still a stranger I don't have to owe you anything like I decide you said something that I don't want it's I'm not interested in it and I get to decide that I don't want to continue this conversation <laughs> right right yeah it's it's wild the things that happen and the things that people say and like everybody's sort of just like not a human like you're still just like a a bot I guess so people are like like I've given my number out to so many people over the years you know like and half of them I never even met up with after giving them my number oh what on an app yeah. Like they'll text you once or whatever. Like yeah. this, this doctor texted me the other day, we exchanged numbers. And then I said something like it's late. Like it was like 10 45 at night. I was like, I, I got to go to sleep, but happy to chat like tomorrow, like whatever I said to him. And then, and then he wrote me again, like yesterday, see how tired I am. I'm even yawning on recording my podcast. So he, he, um, uh, he wrote me like last night or something and he was like, Oh, what are you up to? Like, and I thought he was just making conversation and I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm at dinner. And he was like, Oh, I'm relaxing. I was like, Oh, nice. I wish I was. Oh God. And the next thing is inviting you over to his apartment. You know it. And I just didn't respond. It's, it's kind of crazy. Like these, uh, Here's the thing, like this, this works. Somebody does it. Someone yeah. is saying yes. A hundred percent. Someone is saying yes. Like one, like one out of 10 is saying yes. You think it's that high? That's what my, I've, uh, one of my friend's husband says it's like one out of 10. Cause he's like, when I was on Tinder before we were together, wow. he's like, one to three out of 10. Wow. That's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. I actually don't, it doesn't happen that often like that. And I don't know who these people are that like, um, that get dick pics all the time. I've only gotten a few and I like to send a dick pic back to them. Like I'll just Google and screenshot a dick back to them or send where, um, Yeah. I don't get too many. I think I get like anonymous dicks, like after, you know, no, just like anonymous. Like you're talking about like the guys you give your number to and then like, you never hear from them and you're like, Oh, you know, whatever. Like I'll get anonymous dicks from those guys. Okay. Okay. I think where I don't even know who's whose dick is associated with it yeah well, I'm like who's 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 associated with this penis they googled it they googled that penis that's what no I mean. because there's always 
there no because there's always like weird stuff in the room that that I always try to zoom in on to oh see really? who I'm like what's in the like who is this in a gym like where is this <laughs> you know yeah whose laundry is that oh that's funny no I don't know if I've ever noticed that I've on, I've only gotten a few yeah, I've only gotten a few. So, so I haven't I'm gotten saying. a lot of them either. I think I try to like establish I'm not into that. Don't do oh, that. Yeah, no, no, no. I we got to keep it classy. Be respectful. Okay. So, so share as we're as we're wrapping up, if you could get down and dirty with anyone, no consequences. Like wouldn't affect your relationship nobody would know or he or he knows and he's okay with it who would you get down and dirty no consequences and why god i don't even know i i i don't even know god this is like i know it's a hard one i there's no one that i'm like vying for Mm. probably probably like the biggest threat would be someone that could help my career (laughs) or like or maybe it's like a day maybe okay my friend and I were talking about she's got this huge crush on Dave Portnoy so Mm -hmm. maybe um yeah that's his brand though I mean he's kind of he's helped all those businesses so I don't know, someone like that is, it would definitely be like somebody, somebody that was going to help me. Okay. No, I, that's fair. That's fair. At least you're getting even more out of it. Right. I'm opportunistic. I'm very opportunistic. I like that. I like that. Okay. So it's a business, it's a business deal. It's I don't even have someone attached to it. I'm just like, it's a business transaction. <laughs> I'm like, who could be? Who could be the ultimate business transaction for that? I I, I um I don't know. I, I'm thinking like you know, like I mean, Nick Kroll just got married and had a baby, but he's like a good, I mean, I'm attracted to Nick Kroll, but also he's a good one that could help with opportunities. I feel like. Um, okay. I know who. Okay. Who? It's a three-way with Colin Jost and Scarlett Johansson. Fine. I'll totally <laughs> take it. That's great. Do you know that Colin Joe shits his pants on the reg, like on the reg? He is he like as someone who suffers from IBS, and I don't shit my pants, thank God. He is someone who definitely suffers from IBS and shits his pants on the reg. How do you know that? I read his book, and he's very open about it. He talks about it on podcasts. I'm glad he's open about it, but he really needs to get to a doctor. Hopefully, Scott wow. him out with that. <laughs> I love wow. him. I'm very attracted to yeah. Colin Joe. Yeah, I like Michael Che better as like a person, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. comedian. Yeah, I could see that. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I like, I like Colin Jost. You know what his book, like I was already like sort of into him and then reading his book is super endearing. Like, how do you not want to hear from this like super good looking rich white guy that he like shits his pants all the time? 
Like he actually is, it's, it's like endearing. It's humbling. Yeah. I mean, it makes you, it makes you feel like you're a person too. Yeah. He's a person too. And, and we could totally hang out with him. Okay. So as we're letting our listeners go, I always let everybody plug the shit out of themselves. So plug away, tell the listeners, whatever you want them to follow or come to. Okay, great. Um, so I'm on socials. I'm on Instagram as share C H E R the comedian. I'm on, um, Twitter as share Erica C H E R E R I C A. I am, um, also on TikTok as share the comedian and I'm producing a couple shows. The biggest one coming up is going to be September 2nd at Broadway comedy club. Um, details are going to be on Broadway Comedy Club website, but we're featuring Andre Kim, Gianmarco Cerezzi, um, Dave Lester, Ashley, uh, Ashley, Margo, Ashley Austin, Ashley Austin. I forget it. I'm now I'm blanking. This That's is okay. going to sound bad. Okay. <laughs> this sounds, guys, I'm also tired. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. September 2nd at Broadway Comedy Club. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. And um, I'm going to, I'm going to listen now. So the best way is um, Apple iTunes. Mm -hmm. Apple iTunes. Everybody should subscribe.